On this powerful episode, we focus on living a life as a warrior poet. Life goes beyond running and gunning. The warrior poet is a protector who trains and fights for a higher purpose. They are members of a rare fraternity of warriors who fight with intellect, with conviction, and with great skill, motivated above all by a love for others. Our special guest today is John Lovell. He is a former special operations soldier and the founder of the Warrior Poet Society. Lovell has a strong presence on YouTube and has developed a large following of warrior poets from across the world. Join us in this deep conversation where we dive into various topics such as mass shootings, being a warrior poet, firearms training, spirituality, and of course, being a husband. Stand by. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am your host. Well, I have some great news for you. Our YouTube page is coming along. We are just about to release it. See, I want to give you guys something very powerful, very, very unique. And of course, that focuses on the warrior development aspect because we want to give you tactics. We want to give you techniques. We want to give you strategies and methodologies. We are going to be following the path of the warrior, the way of the warrior, right? Budo, Bushido, the way of the warriors of old, right? We're going to do this in a way that it's simple to understand and more importantly, that you can actually take from it, right? That you could take things and implement it into your life immediately. All right. This show is not about bullshit. It's not about hogwash. All right. We are giving you tactics, techniques, again, and strategies, the infrastructure, right? That that framework for you to start living a life that embodies that warrior spirit. All right, gentlemen, check this out. If you have not done so already, please stop by the Warrior Development Academy. It is kicking ass right now. We are evolving. I've added a, a couple of new segments in there, and they're going to go live here over the next couple of days. It is at forgingawarrior.com. Don't miss it. Also, Pick up your free manual at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. It's a great little manual. It's about strengthening your warrior spirit. It's a good read. And more importantly, gentlemen, if you have not done so, my brothers, leave us a review. Very important, especially on iTunes. It continues, all right, to kind of build that trending higher. Listen, we are growing every single month we are growing at about a 25 to a 30% clip. That's unbelievable, all right? We're getting a ton of new listeners, all right? So I wanna continue trending that way and put this show, right, in the ears of other warrior-minded men that need it, just like you. Let's build this brotherhood, gentlemen. All right, my brothers, last but not least, please check out Instagram, I'm at Man of War. That's Man of War with two R's. I am building that account, and uh, I'm very immersive in that account. I believe Instagram right now is kicking ass, and I have met a bunch of you on Instagram, and I would love to continue meeting other guys out there. Of course, shoot me an email, manofwar.usa at gmail if you have any questions or anything, and I'll do my best to answer them right back to you. All right, my brothers. 
Oh, man, do I have a show in store for you here today. This guy is not only a humble dude, but he knows what he's talking about. Very precise, very articulate. You're going to love this show. It's about being a warrior poet. Let's get right into it. John Lovell, welcome to the Man of War podcast, my brother. Great to have you on. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Hey, listen, for our listeners that have not heard about you, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. I am the founder of the Warrior Poet Society. The idea is we're normal people, but uh, uh, we're motivated to protect others. So uh, we're definitely making strides to become skilled in violence, lest we need that. But we're driven out of a desire to protect people because we love people. We love our families. We want to be responsible armed citizens. So uh, uh, to that end, I'm also a tactical trainer, firearms instructor, and all that good stuff. I just travel the country. That's my full-time job is teaching firearms and tactics to law enforcement, military, and civilians. So that keeps me pretty busy. And uh, YouTube stuff is another real big piece of what I do. Uh, social media stuff, but YouTube's kind of my jam. And so, uh, warrior poets, lovers of truth, lovers of people, and defenders of both. I love it, so, man. Uh, I love it. Uh, no, I'm also a war vet, ex-special operations guy, and blah, blah, all that good stuff. That's awesome, man. And, uh, you know, you, you come from a very solid background, John, and what I love about you, man, is that you're humble, and you're all about, you know, taking care of people now today and you're all about disseminating good quality information and uh you know that's very admirable well thanks man i i hear you are doing the same so uh yeah man thank that's you awesome. sir way thank to go you. all right so let's get right into the meat of things all right we had something happen in my, my backyard recently here in parkland and it was you know it's still de very difficult pill to swallow where um it was an active shooter shooter situation you know, we lost 17 souls, victims, and, you know, it, it, it's, it was tough. I mean, and there are still a lot of variables and a lot of questions about why that A, couldn't have been stopped or at the very least, you know, shut down a little bit to save some lives. You know, what's your take on that from the information that you've gathered? Man, I... So everybody wants me to weigh in on this, or at least uh, my, my following, and I finally reluctantly put out a, a video on gun control type stuff yesterday because, man, the, just the, the divisiveness that, that surrounds this, the propaganda, the, the, the heated discussions from both sides, which effectually want the same thing, whether you're liberal or conservative, you want one thing, hey, let no more dead kids on the news, no more crazy, sadistic wackos killing people, but... Man, it's just such a politically charged issue. I cringe to even start going. So I'd rather just kind of talk. A, 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 well, I, I don't mind going there. I'm just saying, man, a lot of people are going to get ticked off. It's a very emotional subject that needs to be handled with care. Uh, but um, from an active shooter perspective uh, kind of thing, as I approach it with the trainer, I have to be pretty pragmatic, which, you know, you, you know this as well. Crazy people are going to do what crazy people do. Uh, they're going. They want to hurt people. You know, this sadistic, crazy wacko goes through and murders a bunch of kids, little kids. Now uh, we can speak to kind of all the stuff that went in to make this person that way, and things that we can we can do to affect kind of change. But but pragmatically, as a guy who's a tactics and firearms guy like yourself. Uh, 
the only way to really stop someone like that is is with a firearm. You, you want to reduce body count. These people are going to do bad things, and so to have someone armed there at the scene is is the best way to uh, do it. Now, we had a failure at that because some people will quickly point out, hey, we did have armed dudes at the scene. We had, we had some... Uh, you know, uh, law enforcement that that did not go in and, and possibly they could have saved lives had they done. So the nation's really ticked off. And man, I, I'm, I'm biting off so much here to, that I, I could go in a hundred different directions with this. So uh, I'm going to kind of allow you to direct me here. Uh, what what would you like me to speak well, to in all of that noise? It, it's more I'm thinking here. I want to get into, you know, the mindset and, and we don't necessarily just have to focus on that, but we could kind of use that as a base, you know, where I know there's still investigations going on and, and, and there's there's a lot of, you know, left and right movement here. And absolutely, this is, uh, you know, we have to be cautious in the sense that, you know, they're, they're still, you know, we can't make predeterminations and judgments real quick until, you know, everything is, you know, laid laid on, on, on the table. However... With all that said and done, um, you know, we talk about that mindset and that will to fight and that determination to go in and save someone and to save children and to save and protect another life. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, because I've seen a bunch of your YouTube videos and I've seen, you know, how you teach and you're very, very adamant about, you know, being that protector, but more importantly, being ready, being battle ready, because um, you can be, you can have great desire in your heart, but if you don't know what you're doing and your capability doesn't match that, you could be in trouble. Man, that's awesome. All right, good. I, I'm, I'm happy to go down that road as far as you, uh, as you want to go. Um, so there's lots of stuff out there, lots of pieces that go involved, uh, that are involved in preparing for something like this. One to say, hey, have the right tools, you know, whether it's uh, guns or armor or knives, whatever you got. There's the tools and there's the skills, the ability to use it, the tactics, the knowing where to go, uh, how to get there, when to go. It's all that stuff. Uh, but, the, you know, the fitness. But the mother of all of them is the mindset. And so you can have really all those pieces. I've met some amazing shooters that when I put them under stress and force on force encounters, or I observe them overseas in combat, e even so, uh, they weren't able to rise to the occasion. Though they had the skills and they had the tools, they weren't really able to do what they hoped they would do. Sure. Uh, and really, I think fear is the, the, the great equalizer. It's something that always has to be approached with the utmost humility, recognizing, man, you may not do what you're probably not going to do what you thought you'd do. We're not going to jump through a through a window and rappel out, smash through another window, right. cheetah roll in and Jason Bourne everybody. You know, it, it's you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to your lowest level of training, and and, and so um, even past training, training in and of itself isn't quite enough. I think that there's another element that's even more important than the actual just ambiguous. Uh, uh, category of training and that has to do with character that has to do with mindset you could have someone in the right place with the right tools and the right skills and still they have failure to entry to go save a bunch of kids uh because maybe they they didn't uh they didn't have those underlying character pieces 
My brothers, just a quick break in the action. Go check out our Warrior documentary. It's very inspirational. It's touching. I believe the video is about eight to 10 minutes long. Really worth your while to take a look at it. Check it out at forgingawarrior.com forward slash warrior film. Let's get back into the show. Uh, they didn't have they had, uh, they didn't have that good warrior poet mix where they're ready to sacrifice, they're ready to die, they're uh, in the defense of others, they're ready to kill bad guys in the defense of the innocent. Uh, you know, uh, they're able to master their fear. Uh, they love people, and therefore are happy to exchange themselves for those people. Um, and, and that's the character stuff that I think it's the character thing that really puts uh, some folks uh, kind of on the X in the crosshairs of the bad guy uh, willingly. Uh, that's some good stuff, man. That, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a character thing and that's not something I can even teach you in a shoot house. It, it's something that people have to, you know, it, it, it's the hard work that, that, that you've been working on your whole life. Now, when you teach law enforcement, um, it, it's are you also trying to push a certain mindset, or do they typically come to you already pretty much spiked up at a heightened mindset? Great question. I see all kinds. So, law enforcement isn't a different category of, you know, people are just people. And, and, you know, pe yeah. people may become soldiers. People may become cops. Somebody may be, you know, people, I mean, right now, this sucks. And I always thank cops for their service. Right now, it's trendy to thank soldiers for their service. And I'm appreciative of that. Thanks for all the thanks for your service, guys. But but I, I get a good bit of that because it's it's in vogue to thank soldiers for their service, where it's out of vogue to thank cops. Uh, cops are doing very, very similar jobs. I mean, they just do it domestically rather than internationally. There's a propaganda war going on uh, against them. In, in the 70s, if you were in Vietnam, you were hated for being a soldier. Right. And now, though you're a soldier as well, uh, you're loved. Uh, you know, back before, you may have been loved for being a cop, and now you're hated for being a cop. But cops are just people. They, they went to school, they worked other jobs, then they became a cop, and maybe they were a cop for a short time, and then they just went back into normal jobs. They're, they're sure. just people, uh, right? And so I, I find all kinds of different folks, you know, but people are just people. Now, uh, folks who come to me as cops, I don't think of mindset as something that, aha, I have achieved. It's something that uh, you work on, work on, work on. You're always arriving and never arrive when it comes with mindset awesome um so uh that that that's a piece of it because just because you've performed well in the past is no guarantee you will perform well in the future uh, i've been everywhere on the sliding scale of hero to zero in different situations where i have rem I, I i remember two different freezing points i had in combat nobody died on my watch thankfully but they could have and that would have been my fault but I just remember being paralyzed, and, and it may have been just for a few seconds. It felt like forever. I was just frozen, man. I couldn't, I couldn't process. I couldn't master the fear. And then there were other situations where I feel like a million bucks. I'd much rather talk about them where, man, I, I was just on autopilot. I was seek-and-destroy terrorist kind of guy, and, and you know, I wasn't feeling fear. I was, it was just cold, hard math. I was going to work, and I'd like 
to think that if something broke out around me right now, even if as I'm talking on this podcast, I'd be able to immediately flip the switch and go in that mode. But but I can never really guarantee. And so mindset's one of those all, those things that can be working on. But here's a secret ingredient, and I think it's gonna. People will probably uh, not like it. It won't be as satisfying for people because it's so out of the uh, unexpected to people. But I think if you if you really love people, then that's probably the best guarantee that you'll have that fighter mindset. Damn, that's great. Uh, yeah, and that's what it is. It's it's you know it's Mama Bear rubbed or robbed of her cubs, so to speak. I mean, she, I know. My wife, you touch our kids, and she will show you fighter mindset. Oh hell She's yeah! She's not going to do well. <laughs> I mean, just and yours too. It's kind of the thing of I don't care what you do. Torture me, peel my skin off, but you will not touch my children, whom I love. Sure. I'm ready to run into a you know a, a pit of alligators to fight them off with my bare hands. I'm going to die, of course, <laughs> for sure. Yep. But I mean, I'm not going to care. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, the, the um, first John four or five says this, this is Bible. Some people are already clicking off because you mentioned the word Bible and everybody gets all whatever. <laughs> and it's just here's a good quote. It's perfect. Love casts out all fear. I think if you're loving people, uh, you're ready to sacrifice. That's wonderful for protection. And what I've observed from cops, cops are my, the favorite people I teach. I teach all kinds of people. Cops are my favorite. Cool. Despite what you see in the media and on the news cops are usually just good people and they're ready a lot of cops are ready to die for people that they've never met right off the bat now there's a lot of dirtbag cops out there that just suck uh, and, uh but they're the ones i run into the ones that i call friends i've got a ton of cops that are friends they're just good dudes sure good sure. folks or, yeah. or good gals they're just trying to work a job hey quit hassling them and Talking back, quit breaking the law and making them be a jerk to you and quit lying to them. They're just good dudes. You'd like them if you weren't so stigmatized and polarized by them. But um, anyway. Yeah, that's the uh, most difficult thing that I, I think in, in law enforcement. You know, people believe that, um, you know, police officers are not your average person. They are, you know, they don't, a lot of times they believe they don't have a heart, that they, everything that they do is personal everything that they do is directed at them specifically i mean the bottom line is that it has nothing to do with that i mean there are millions millions of cops out there that every single day of their life well while they might give a citation while they want might want to arrest the bad guy on the flip side they're there helping somebody from the ground up that they've probably helped 300 other times because i could tell you that i have been on top of bodies um bringing them back from the dead because if you're you know shoot up with heroin and they're basically dying i'm there giving them cpr for the 50th time and i know that you know i'm doing my best and knowing that this person you know, it, it, it's the 51st time I'm going to have to go back and respond to that. And when people start seeing that, you know, police officers are just like you said, you know, normal people that if you give them a chance, you'll probably like them. Uh, I think, you know, people will hold police officers in a little bit of a better category. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're a hundred percent with that. 
So talk to me a little bit about your philosophy, okay? When you go out there and you teach, um, you know, just anybody, okay? You go out there and you say, hey, listen, uh, today, you know, we're going to work, say, on firearms, but your focus is really to teach these people to not only be able to deploy, right, the firearm, but that mindset that goes behind that. Kind of walk me through your methodology and, and your, your philosophy behind that. Sure. So since I believe mindset is the most important variable, what I don't want to do is multiply skills devoid of a context as if you'll be fighting in a vacuum, emotionless, uh, without your whole mind, heart, body, and soul kind of engaged in sure. that conflict where you have to overcome fear and, and think under pressure and uh, you, you know how fast things happen and all the physiological responses, whether it be auditory exclusion, visual narrowing, your whole sympathetic nervous system response kind of stuff. I'm trying to teach good mindset, so I want to show them a 30,000-foot view of, guys, this is what we know about gunfights. This is a little snippet, 30,000-foot view of what that may look like. Now, here's the skills you would need in that. And then we go through and start talking some of the skills. Then I want to talk about fighting smarter as well, which integrates tactics, skills, and mindset together. Uh, so, uh, as they start to get skills, I want to implement a little bit of stress and then amp stress way up. And then, uh, I want to teach how to see fast and think fast and then shoot. Fa if, if you have good tactics, you have good mindset, the shooting part can be pretty easy. The skills part can be a lot easier. I don't want to ever have to rely on my skills. So I want to build tacticians, people who fight smarter and people who fight passionately for those who they they love those who they want to defend because uh, uh, yeah anyway uh, so so I think mindset's always something that I'm bringing back in and peppering throughout classes as well as the tactics stuff too so that's, that's I'm awesome. harping on multiple levels all at the same time so do you believe that you can you know, increase that mindset and strengthen that mindset to a point where, for example, you know, running into a school, you know, into an active shooter situation like that, or for, for lack of a, you know, let's just simplify it. And you're at a restaurant or a movie theater and, you know, you, you know, you're in an active shooter situation. Can you strengthen that mindset where that person that you taught, Hey, this is the person that's going to get up and be able to attack the threat and neutralize it. Yeah, so when building fighter mindset, it can be difficult. One, training, something that if your body is not going to go easily where your mind hasn't already gone. So, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of variables that, that I talk about when it comes to building fighter mindset. Um, one, it, you know, is, is uh, play those kind of what-if games. What if such and such happened? How would you respond? And kind of see that happen in your mind, little thought experiments. And, and that can be really, really helpful. I, I've had different times where I've gotten into fights where it all happened so fast. Training just took over, and I didn't really have time to think about it. But then after the first few furious seconds, then you do have time to think about it. And then fear can, you know, come in, and it may come in in full force or a little bit and you can become confused especially when you've over penetrated into a battlefield or you're not really sure where people are whether it's friends or foe it can get real confusing real daunting and all of a sudden stuff can switch on a dime and so then you have to kind of reconquer the battlefield mentally uh and, and be able to keep pushing through and really just 
can be very, very confusing where you have to make huge decisions uh, with very little information. And that can be daunting as well. So um, building fighter mindset through just training repetition, through already have thought through the scenarios, you don't have to think through as much. That can breed confidence. I'm not sure it builds the character that you need. You know, the courage is linked to character, but confidence can really help uh, pave the way for courage. You don't have to have as much courage if you have confidence. You know, for me to charge a bull would require great courage because I don't have any confidence in bullfighting. If I'd been trained as a bullfighter, then I don't need quite as much courage if I have confidence already there in my bullfighting abilities. So, you know, and I just picked something off the wall because not many people out there are bullfighters. That makes makes very, very good sense. so, So I think confidence helps play in, but it's no substitute for character which is the stuff character or um, which is the stuff that mindset is mainly made up of. Um, I want to, so allude, uh, that, let yeah. me interrupt you once again. I want to allude back a little bit to what you said earlier about visualization and, 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 you know, visualizing and putting yourself in, in instances or in incidents, you know, talk to me a little bit about that. I want to dig deep a little bit there. So, you know, uh, sure. You'd mentioned, uh, I don't know whether it was before the podcast, but, uh, movies just clicked into my head. I want to sit in a place that if somebody just came in and uh, uh, while we're watching a movie with a family, somebody just starts shooting up a movie theater, where would be the most tactically advantageous place to sit so I can initiate a counter ambush and I can fight from a place where I'm really away from a lot of people. Nobody's blocking different shots to high speed avenues of ingress, egress. So uh, that that's just one quick little thought of like, Hey, you're walking down the street. There's some suspicious vehicle with blacked out windows sitting there. What if that opens up real quick and somebody hops out of like, well, let me walk 10 feet to the right of that rather than right beside it. So I have a bigger reactionary gap and more time to process and more time to initiate a counterattack. Uh, so it, it's just little tiny things like that. I mean, what happens if somebody comes in and robs the store I'm sitting in? Well, let me sit with my, back facing toward uh, more of a corner so I can see uh, two things. One, the entrance of the uh, restaurant I'm in and the cash register. So, uh, you know... Um, I got you. Uh, what would you do in different home situa- home defense situations? What if they break in in the middle of the day? Uh, what if they break in in the middle of the night and they come in through the back window or the back door or the front door? Uh, so, I mean, uh, and imagining a whole bunch of different scenarios can build confidence so you don't have to muster quite as much courage you already have pre-programmed responses to all different kinds of scenarios that could happen and so all of a sudden if your central processing computer your brain shuts down in the midst of a violent attack it can initiate kind of like a a a quick reaction subroutine that you've programmed in so you can kind of do it a little bit without thought without without a lot of a lot of planning you already have confidence in it because you've thought about it and you've trained it now I don't need as much courage. I'm setting myself up for success. So that's something pragmatic. Uh, there's more stuff I can talk to about building fighter mindset, but it's it's a little bit goofier stuff that people may not naturally think of when they think of training. But I'll turn it back to you. All right. So let's talk. Let's kind of stay in this realm. I'm, I'm interested really in, in because you have a little bit of a different philosophy, which is which is very cool. So do you believe then that by visualization – and your mind has already seen the incident play out, and you know you've seen it three, four times. You've visualized it. You've you've done repetition in your mind. So 
when the time comes that this happens, that it actually occurs, you think that it'll be a little bit easier? You'll have a little bit more confidence in dealing with the threat? Yes, I think confidence makes it easier to be courageous. It's not a substitute for courage because you could still have played it out over and over and over and then the horror paralyzes you and you just can't do it. You run, you hide, you don't actually fight. So um, really, I think it comes down to character uh, more than confidence, but confidence certainly makes it easier. Uh, Also, just the visualization. Once you visualize, then go replicate it on the range as best you can with just imagination, placement of targets, and then everything Every skill and every tactic must be vetted by force-on-force training. So uh, visit a trainer like you or me or some of the others around there and allow uh, people like us to run them through force-on-force routines, even if it's dry fire. But then you can get into the UTM, simunitions, kind of, you know, airsoft, whatever, paintball. There's tons of different tools out there. You need to be put under some fear and stress, and that also is going to make it way, way easier to perform. Right, so I'm I'm a big believer in force on force training, no doubt about it. I believe that that is uh, something that you must practice and you must throw it into your arsenal, uh, you know, as often as you can. Um, however, when you know, my mentality is this. Okay, sometimes you have you know have received hundreds of emails from from a lot of my subscribers, and they go out there and they're asking me, hey, listen, I go to the range, I'll go through a box of 50, you know, I'll shoot the target, I did pretty well, I hit inside, you know, the, you know, the six and the five or whatever, and, and, you know, I started thinking about it, I mean, and I'm constantly, I believe that, look, you got, of course, you got to get your fundamentals on par, you have to get, you know, obviously, you know, all everything, you know, side alignment, side acquisition, we get all that but once you're beyond that, you got to start working under stress because in my opinion, that's how you're truly going to evaluate yourself when you're put under stress. And I'm sure you've seen this when you put your students, the second that you put them under a timer, you know, their stress factor just by going on a timer, it goes up, you know, tenfold. So Yeah, I agree. I so agree. What, what do one you, little piece. What do you think? What I mean, what tip would you give, you know, our listeners here and say, hey, listen, when you go to the range and you have your fundamentals, you know, you, you've dry fired, you know, you, you, you have your side alignment, you're pretty much good to go, your grip, your stance, all that, you know, how would you, you know, maybe push themselves, you know, doing some stress drills? Sure. So a timer is one piece of stress. It can help a little bit. Doing some competitive shooting is another type of stress. It's not Mm -hmm. the same, but it is something. And so we can start graduating into a little bit more stress, more stress. But ultimately, after you play with timers and you kind of work through some little scenarios and stress fires, get your heart rate up, get running and gunning a little bit, practice using cover and concealment, maybe even enlist in some competitive shooting courses and whatnot, which the tactics, the movement, the positioning, the timing, the lack of scans, competitive shooting is not fighting. It is not fighting. It's a sport, which most of competitive shooting, the skills can be 80% of it picked up and put into gunfighting stuff. But, but the timing and positioning, lack of scan, it's all wrong. Uh, But anyway, I'm a huge fan of competitive shooting, but the context is, is, is wrong for it's not fighting. Um, as soon as you've done some of that stuff, which is nice, it it's good. Uh, you, um, I regret to say you can't do you can't get very far alone. 
People don't like that. They think that I, I, by myself I can get out and get. No, you can't. War, and I use the word war to apply to anybody in any type of battle, whether it's civilians responding to, you know, a home invasion or a cop or military, whatever your kind of war, whatever your battle is. War is a social affair. If it's like not a social that. affair, it's suicide, right? I like that. war yep. is a social yep. affair, and therefore our training must be also. That's good. What like that means that. is you you need people. You need to work with buddies who can help give you stress and put you under those scenarios. And nobody does it better than real good trainers. That's where we make our our money is uh, you know to to uh, create the stress, the confusion, and the fear, the force on force engagement scenarios. A good trainer can put you under that and get you uh, closer to realistic gunfight needs than, than anybody else other than actually going through the experience itself so um so when you put your your guys say through these force on force courses i mean typically what do you what are you bringing into the game here in force on force do you put them through just all different types of scenarios or or they're typically you progress through you know scenario one and two or three or whatever you want to do for that say for that course so uh, you know i I used to have a little bit more of a polished formulaic way that was more graduated. And what I'm really more interested in now is the problem solving human element. They'll always be, uh, the carrot will always be a little bit farther. Uh, so they're never really comfortable. They never really know exactly how it's going to go down. Sure. And I don't put a lot of rules and stipulations on, uh, folks when they're, when they're fighting them. Uh, I'll give a scenario a context and make, uh, make the constraints pretty, pretty loose. What I'm trying to do is capitalize on the confusion of the battlefield, which if I had to typify, explain the battlefield using only one word, I'd use the word confusing. It's confusing. It's chaos, man. Sure. Uh, so um, uh, I, I want that. And, and what I want is to build thinkers, people who can think on their feet, problem solve, and then uh, and then respond even under fear. So that that's a lot of times what I'm doing is there's always going to be elements of confusion quick seeing quick thinking and then response and there's going to be a whole bunch of scenarios to keep them guessing yeah it's one of the most difficult things that i i think uh i see students have a problem with is you know thinking on the move you know thinking on the fly and being able to truly you know observe with their eyes you know they'll look at something and then you know we'll do some you know entries and they'll look at exactly they'll look at this 45 times and they'll miss it right in front of their eyes you know they see it but they don't really capture what's in front of them um, i think stress is very very uh when you start getting that confusion involved i mean it just ups the ante way up out there yep yeah i mean it's high speed death chest that's what it is Agreed. And so, yeah, you got to think four, five, six steps ahead uh, it, it, when possible. So, John, when you uh, uh, came out of the uh, military, was this something that you wanted to do initially? I mean, just go out there and, and teach and help others? No, not even close. Uh, when I got out, I was so burned out on war and uh, had too many close calls. I didn't want to watch military movies. I didn't want to I didn't want to even shoot a lot. Uh, I, I didn't want to teach. I, I, I wanted to integrate in and be successfully transitioned to be a civilian. I wanted the next goal. I wanted to go into business and kill it. I, I, I wanted to, you know, um, 
you know, be, be more involved in, in ministry and helping others, but it wasn't a, a more of a firearm thing. So I, I took a, I took a break for, a, for a, a few years before I came back to the training world. Now I've been back in the training world for about five years, uh, doing it full time as a pro trainer. So, uh, no, I, I just wanted away from it all. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. And then you just said, Hey, you know what? You felt like it was your, your time and you went and you started. Yeah. Hmm. And, uh, so we're really kind of a, a underlying thing of what makes me tick is I want to help people. I want to be a force for good and a force for change. And that doesn't have to be necessarily firearm stuff. I was a foreign missionary for a number of years, just loving people, helping people, Christian missionary. Uh, and so th- I loved what I was doing there. Of, uh, it was helping people. Uh, you know, when I, I uh, left the mission field, I needed another line of work. And really my only real, you know, professional skill was kicking indoors. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I fell back in because it, it was something I already had an expertise in. I already had a background and I was, I was a good teacher. Uh, so some people said, and so I gave it a whirl and, and, uh, you know, got back into that world and, uh, yeah, it just clicked and I love what I'm doing, but it's really less about, but, Oh, cause I love guns so much. I love, I, I don't really care that much. I mean, guns and fighting, it's lost its charm to me. You know, it's, it's really about helping people and, you know, it sure. happens to be self-defense related and you know uh, i feel like i've figured some stuff out and i'm learning on other stuff and and growing uh but uh, it's really more my uh enthusiasm is tied to the student learning a skill that may save lives and protect them and build confidence and 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 help in overall masculinity and um those are the variables that drive me it's not oh i love this glock 19 freshly stippled with a new optic it's going like, i don't care <laughs> yay for that <laughs> yeah i mean you know what i like about you is um you know and and i don't want to knock any other firearms instructors i'm not about that or, or any you know just but you're a little bit different in the sense that you go out there and and you you know you talk about other things you know not everything that you're doing is just a gun 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 um you know i you you talk about different subjects uh, you know your your, your um, YouTube videos and I want to get into how you got into all this in a second as far as YouTube videos but you know they're sharp they're easy you know it speaks to, to the common person you know I think that one of the reasons that your uh, you know your tribe you're following you know is so engaged with you and really really uh, gets what you're saying is because it's like you're talking to them you know and uh, um, I think you have that knack, which is, which is awesome. How did you get into the whole YouTube world? I mean, was it something you just started one day and started filming and say, hey, let's give it a shot? So um, I, I was working for a company as their uh, lead instructor for tactics and firearm stuff, but I was kind of in a closed-off building all by myself, and people would come in, and I would teach classes and whatnot, and then they'd be gone, and I'd be planning and working, but I was kind of cut off from people. I wasn't really, you know, and it was, I don't know. I I felt like I I had a message and and I wanted to help. And I was kind of, I didn't know how to get in front of people anymore. And so I made a video because I just had some, man, I'm like, here's a message that I really feel strongly about. And I'm just not a fact, I'm not reaching a whole lot of people and I don't see 
I don't see a whole lot of it out there, at least not in the firearms, tactical, whatever world. And so I just started throwing it out and people, you know, it, it got a little bit of engagement and that was cool. And then it started growing a little quicker and a little quicker. And I realized I really love doing that. I, I, I love doing it. And when I sit down, I, I don't sit down to make a video most of the time. Sometimes I do it and it's just work, but I don't sit down to make a video. I sit down and think, what do people need? Uh, how can I help them? And then I sit down, try to ignore the camera and try to visualize them in front of me, uh, and, uh, kind of talk to them. But, but you're right, man. I'm, I'm not interested in just becoming a better shooter. I want to be far more important to me than being a really good shooter and a really good protector, uh, is being a good dad. It's being a really good husband. I want to kill it as a husband. I've seen this too many times of, uh, you know, in, in the communities I come from, special operations have some of the worst marriage success rates anywhere. It's abysmal. And what happens is guys who are motivated by, you know, protection and love of family and, and love of country and maybe, you, you know, others are not quite so altruistic. Some people just want to shoot terrorists in the face. And, and I get that piece, too. So it's not like they're all, you know, just pure warrior poet mentality. Some of them just want to pick a fight with ISIS because ISIS sucks. Uh, you know, it, it, but still I'd see a lot of folks who were driven by that love of, you know, that, that girl, that protection, that, 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 that family, they're gone so much. And then when they get home, they're just such bulls and China shops that their marriage disintegrates in front of them. And then the will to fight their heart is lost somewhere along the way. And the longevity of them as a fighter is diminished. So it's like in, in their pursuit to become a good protector of those they love, they lose those they love. Wow. Yep. And so it becomes really self-defeating. I'm like, man, if someone doesn't speak to the heart of this, uh, our soldiers have a very, very short shelf life. And it's not because their skills or even their bodies wear out. It's because uh, if we're not being good dads and being good husbands in good proportion to our exploits to become good defenders, we lose our hearts along the way. And a soldier can't fight long without their heart. And I say soldier in terms of cop, responsible armed citizen, or soldier. I use that term ecumenically uh, to mean it. No, no man uh, can fight uh, or, or even live well without his heart. Yeah, that's, um, it, it's, you know, uh, it's very difficult for a warrior to be able to continue to fight, you know, day in and day out without the support of a wife, without, in my opinion, being a good father, knowing that you're doing everything you can for your kids, you know, and this is why I'm a big believer that no matter how much time you're putting on the books, uh, what a badass you are, all the, you know, special operation groups and SWAT teams and undercover and this and that, you know, in the end, like you said earlier, you, you know, you're just, you're a person, you're just a person and you really have to prioritize life. And a, a lot of guys that I, that I've met, man, they need to either a come off of their high horses and get into the real world. And because their life is just kind of crumbling right before their hands and, you know, right, right before the, in their hands, right before their eyes. And it's pretty sad because you see it day in and day out. And these are good guys that will go in through a door, no doubt about it. 
but um, you know their their lives, like you said. I mean, the divorce rate in law enforcement is oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. It's 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 sickening. I'm sure in the military. I know that it's very difficult also. And how long have you been married, John? Uh, we're in our twelfth year now. God bless, man. That's great. How many kids do Thanks. you have? Two, four, oh. and five. Oh, great age! I have a five-year-old daughter too, but mine are older. Okay, the other, awesome. the other ones are older. <laughs> I have twelve, and then the other ones are one just turned twenty. So that's awesome, man. That's Good awesome, man. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, um, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to ask you a question that I typically ask all my guests towards the end of the show. All right, is what is your definition of a modern day warrior? Hmm. So uh, for me, warrior, it can't be divorced from the poet aspect as well, uh, because a whole a warrior is encapsulated to me more than just the skilled hands ready for violence. It's the heart that uh, imbues them with the uh, ability to master fear. It's the whole man that is the warrior. Uh, it, 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 to be good warriors, uh, I think we need to be warrior poets. We have to have that uh, will to fight, uh, that, that, um, and also the uh, skills to be able to uh, do that, to master our fear, to be able to be uh, able to flip that switch so that we are capable of incredible violence to stop bad people from doing bad things, and also to be highly technical and skill, uh, uh, to be able to have that inner fury rage button. Uh, and so I think all of that piece, all of that pieces together to make a really, really high level uh, and different breed of warrior. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's the kind uh, awesome. that uh, I aspire to become more of. Awesome. All right, before you leave, um, can you leave our listeners with a tidbit, something that you feel they can hold on to and they can carry and they can integrate into their lives? Um, hmm. Sure. Man, everything's about balance, man. It's all about balance. Uh, you know, if, uh, I think that to me is the success of a man is how well they balance key priorities and what priorities they choose for themselves to set. So uh, what's important to you? Uh, God, family, country, then make sure you kill it in that. You can't give everything 100%. That's ridiculous. Give everything 100%. You can't do it 100% for everything. Are you kidding? What does that even look like? Uh, what I want to do is balance life effectively so that that um, I'm, I'm not spending all day trying to become some grisly killer. And, and you know, at the expense of you now you lose your family and your will to fight along the way. Uh, and, and you're not just so heavy on the poet side that you're worthless on a battlefield. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I think balancing life, you know, of, hey, be good readers, uh, spend time with your kids Give your wife's butt that low five and flirt with her a little bit. Take her on a date night and awesome. uh, then get to the range and kill it, man. Kill it. Find That's that aggression awesome. fury button and take down all your skills to a very technical level. Uh, so uh, there you go. Oh, man. Love it. Love it. All right, John. Where can people reach you? Type in John Lovell, J-O-H-N-L-O-V-E-L-L, John Lovell, anywhere in the Internet. Or type in Warrior Poet anywhere in the internet and you'll find me uh, whether it's on youtube will pop up my website will pop up facebook instagram it's kind of everywhere so 
John Lovell or Warrior Poet Society. YouTube's where I put out most of my content, though. Awesome, on YouTube. What I'm going to do is for um, our listeners, on our show notes, I'm going to put a direct link to his uh, social media and also to his website. So you can just click the link from our show notes. John, man, it has been an absolute honor having you on. It is definitely one of the most inspirational podcasts I have done in a while. And, uh, you know, you're a guy that speaks from the heart. And I love that, man. Hey, thanks so much for having me on it. And all you listeners, uh, yeah, train hard, train smart. You got it, man. And uh, we're going to have you on soon enough again because there's so much that was left on the table here. We had a great conversation. And thank you again for being on. Awesome, man. Thanks. Take it easy. Thanks, John. All right, there you have it, a great conversation with John. I gotta tell you, this was a very inspirational conversation for me. This guy's a faith-based guy, and more importantly, he is humble as hell, and he speaks so articulately, and more importantly, he knows what the hell he is talking about. So take what you learned here in this episode, implement it into your life, because we talk about action all the fucking time. It's up to you, the ball is in your court all right gentlemen give me a follow at instagram at man of war with two r's don't forget to pick up your free manual at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual until next time your life may be challenging and full of dangers but never retreat your last battle may be your greatest victory